Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome again to the Cross Yas podcast. If you're new to the podcast, this is a podcast where a cross-dressing related topic is discussed every week. And if you're a return listener, welcome back. My name is Giselle Mirasol, and I'm the host of this delightful podcast. I haven't dressed in a bit, but I had an exciting past weekend. I got to go on a little getaway with my girlfriend. It was a quick weekend trip, and we had a great time. It was our first weekend alone trip in a while, and we were tourists in our own town. Kind of fun because we never really get to do that sort of stuff. I recommend for anyone to check out their own city because, hey, it's your own town. Check out what there is to do there, because it might be kind of fun. Also, the Super Bowl was this past weekend, which is arguably the biggest sports event of the entire year. I don't know if you guys are big fans of American football, and because it is an American tradition, the Patriots won again. Go figure. I certainly am an American football fan, although my football team almost never makes it to the big game. Woo, go Cowboys. I probably lost some listeners there because who really roots for the Dallas Cowboys? But that's okay, because next year, next year is their year. Just kidding. It's not. Also, what was it that halftime show? Maroon 5? Yikes. I mean, I was a big fan of Maroon 5 when they came out with their album Songs About Jane. And even when they had that album, it won't be soon before long. But yikes, that was a cringy performance. Also, what was with Adam Levine's outfit, or lack thereof? Plus the California tattoo and the nipples. Bruh, you're giving California a bad name with all that. Well, this is the sixth episode of this podcast, and with this episode, we will focus on femininity and passing. We'll talk about the differences between the male body and the female body and how crossdressers will try to become more feminine. We'll also talk about my most memorable passing moment and finally what it really takes to really pass. So let's get to it after the jump. Hey guys, just want to talk about Anchor real quick. You know how I love Anchor so much. They've helped me so much with this podcast. It's free, and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Really, guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead and go to it. It's great. Do you guys know what sexual dimorphism is? Of course you do, because listeners to the Cross the Yas podcast are smart and informed listeners. But for those unfamiliar with sexual dimorphism, well, that's the scientific name for the physical differences between the male and a female of a species. But you guys knew that, right? So let's compare the two, shall we? Let's first focus on the body by starting from the top. Let's start with the head and face. So with the top of the human body, you'll notice that men and women have different expressions with their hair. Women typically have longer hair than men, unless you're talking like the man bun, which I don't know, I'm just not into. Some women are, but again, not my thing. Because who really knows how much hair is in that twisted swirl that is made to make that man bun? Kind of mysterious, don't you think? Kind of odd. But femininity is almost always associated with long, lustrous hair. Unless you've got, like, that Fabio or Jesus hair going on. 
For those young ones who don't know who or what is a Fabio, he was a male model in the 1980s and 1990s known for his muscular build and long blonde hair. And when he shook his head, it was like his hair would just flow gently like leaves on a tree in a summer breeze. He was also the I can't believe it's not butter guy. And for those who don't know Jesus or what Jesus looks like, really? Y'all need Jesus. Or at least a picture of him. He's generally pictured to have like long hippie-like hair. He's not really muscular and he actually looked quite skinny. Not to the point of being emaciated, but his long black hair definitely stands out. And Jesus isn't a spokesperson for anything except Roman Catholicism. But wouldn't it be funny if Jesus had his own brand of wine and endorsed it and called it something like, I don't know, I can't believe it's not wine. And instead of rosé, it would be called rise. <laughs> Get it? Bestseller, I'm sure, but probably tasted like water. But women's hair is usually kept longer in length than the average man, unless we're talking like pixie cuts. And if you don't know what a pixie cut, it's basically a shorter hairstyle that doesn't require much maintenance. So cross-dressing men usually wear wigs to give the illusion that they have hair like that of a woman. And if you didn't know already, I hate wigs. I have mentioned it before in previous episodes, but when I wear a wig, they retain so much heat that I just start to sweat right through them. And it usually ends up ruining my makeup. It's like the worst. Wigs help you look great in photos, but realistically, the day-to-day -day use for me is suspect at best. I'm lucky enough to grow out my natural hair, so... I just wear my hair in a faux hawk sort of deal. I love the natural hair look as it makes me look good in guy mode and even when I'm Giselle. I almost always style it in that natural or pixie cut look because it looks good on me. It's like an androgynous look that, you know, I actually have received many compliments on. There's other parts that a crossdresser can manipulate in their body to make themselves more feminine and in turn, pass better. Like, let's talk about ears. I pierced my ears because women typically wear earrings and you can't wear earrings unless you pierce your ears. So I usually go for the more drastic look, like wear hoop earrings or dangle earrings when I cross-dress. When I'm not cross-dressed, I usually just fill them in with studs or barbell earrings, just so they don't close up. But again, I kind of lied, because you can wear earrings even if your ears aren't pierced. Like for those who don't have pierced ears, clip-on earrings are a nice way to pretend you have your ears pierced. Then there's makeup. Men don't usually wear makeup, most women do, but not all. But a crossdresser will use makeup to help create feminine features or mask, masculine ones. So in terms of structure, a man's face is usually more square or oblong than a woman's. Men typically have more angular jawlines than women, fatter, leaner cheeks, an Adam's apple, and bushier eyebrows. Women, on the other hand, have rounder, heart-shaped faces. Their chins are a bit rounder, their eyebrows are thinner, higher arched, and there's no pronounced Adam's apple. So to create a feminine face, contouring is utilized. So what's contouring exactly? Well, contouring in makeup terms is like a way to create dimension in your face. YouTube has helped me tremendously with contouring and even makeup in general. So look to YouTube makeup gurus because they've taught me what to use and how to make my face look great with makeup. But contouring, well, that uses shadows and highlights to manipulate and create structure that may not otherwise be there on the face. I won't go too much into detail here in this episode about makeup because I could go on and on about it. And I want to do another episode slowly on makeup later, so let's leave this episode 
mainly on contouring. I do want to talk about eyebrows real quick though, guys, because eyebrows are my most killer feature. And for cross-dressers, if your eyebrows aren't clean or they look out of place, it makes it that much harder to pass. So I recommend to get your eyebrows threaded or waxed. I get mine threaded at least once a month, I think, and it's helped me tremendously on passing. Shout out to Sona, my eyebrow lady, for doing such a good job on my eyebrows. What up, Sona? Thanks for working on these hairy bad boys. I'm sorry about breaking your thread, like, multiple times. I like to add high arches on my eyebrows, and when I usually get my eyebrows done at new places when Sona's not available. Most thread artists? Threadists? I don't know what you call them. Well, the people who work on my eyebrows get scared when I ask for high arches and thinner eyebrows. I usually say, can you make them thin, please? And I get that initial shock and repeated questions of, are you sure? Because I guess men who usually get their eyebrows threaded only want to clean up and want their hair to remain bushy. So I usually reply with a, yeah, I'm sure. Also, my eyebrow hair grows so freaking fast, no matter how thin it is, I'm usually back within a week or two. So let's talk about the middle portion of the body and what cross-dressers can do to make themselves appear more feminine. And what's more feminine than boobs? You know, aka knockers, hooters, jugs, the mammaries, the chesticles, the melons, the state droopers, the dirty pillows, the titty meat, the sweater puppies, the wonder twins, the flippy floppy fun bag of roonies, the tiggle biddies and the big ol' sloppy boppies, etc. However you call them, or whatever funny euphemism you use, they're almost necessary to make you pass as a woman. So, how do you make boobs then? Well, with bras and padding, and maybe even a little contouring with makeup to create the illusion that there's boobs. And then, there's hips. Shapewear story. I first made my own set of hips when I was cross-dressing in public like eight or nine years ago. It took me forever to make. I'm talking like a week, maybe even two. I bought this sheet of foam from Michael's and went to work on it. I saw this YouTube video about how you can make your own shapewear with using like this foam and cutting and shaping it to make it look like a hip. Turns out you can just buy it online. It could have saved me two weeks of work, but whatever, I did it. Let's move on to the lower body and dead ass. People like the girls with the big butts. Remember Sir Mix-a-Lot and his lyric, LA face with an Oakland booty. Suggesting that the booty is nice and fat. That's PH fat. Now if you're not familiar with Sir Mix-a-Lot's classic, Baby Got Back, it's a hit rap song in the 1990s about a man's fascination and adoration for the booty. Oakland, for those unaware, is a highly populated city in California with a higher number of black women, and black women are known to have higher and larger butts than that of non-black women. Fun fact, that song has nothing to do with race, but more about varying types of beauty. People like to assume it is because it's Oakland, but it's not about black people. It's about booty. According to Sir Mix-a-Lot himself in a 2016 interview with The Hollywood Reporter, he wrote Baby Got Back with an African-American woman in mind, but would like to remind you that women of all races exist with curves, and thus a nice butt. So, moral of the story, don't judge a booty by its cover. Let's delve more into the booty, shall we? What's that? You didn't know that the butt has other funny names for it too? 
The butt is also known as the ass, the rump, the fanny, the hiney, the gluteus maximus, the pirate treasure, the badonkadonk, the bottom, the tush, the posterior, and the derriere. Well, for cross-dressers looking to conjure a nice derriere, there exists padding for the butt, like butt pads, which add some lift or even underwear you can add to put on that little extra oomph to your backside. Because the ladies got that ass. And I have been known to stare at some myself. Shout out to the yoga pants guys. They're real nice. Luckily for me, I have a little butt. Just ask my girlfriend. She's thankful for it. Well, more jealous of it. I would like to thank squats, but really, it's just all that food I eat and it settles and finds its way back to my butt. They also settle into the thighs. So, let's focus on the legs next. So the legs, unfortunately, there's not a lot of euphemisms that exist for legs except gams and stems. I don't know. But women's legs are usually hairless and smooth. To replicate this, cross-dressers will shave their legs to create that hairless image. And some will even go as far as getting electrolysis or laser hair removal as long-term solutions to combating hair growth. Men will also wear hosiery or pantyhose to smoothen out any rough edges in the legs. Legs also are more feminine when they appear longer and elongated. This is why women wear heels or skirts to show more of the lower portion of their body. For feet, cross-dressing men will sometimes wear heels, which is usually seen as taboo on men. For me, the key is sometimes, because I also hate heels. I think you see a trend here. I hate things that cause me discomfort, because like I said before, I'm a lazy cross-dresser, but I also like being comfortable. So I hate heels, but I also love them. Shut up, just bear with me. You see, wearing heels to me is like the act of drinking alcohol. It's definitely fun in the moment, even though you feel kind of queasy at times, you're stumbling over, but hey, you know what? You're hella cute. The problem is the hangover of wearing heels or having to deal with the consequences. Like when you drink alcohol and the next morning is just the worst. Like after wearing heels, you just feel and look at all the blisters on the bottom of your feet. You definitely feel all your feet swell and the toe and calf pain can be sometimes unbearable. When I complain to my female friends about wearing heels, they just laugh at me. I'm like, what's so funny? And they just reply, that's the price of beauty, babe. Jeez, they're probably right. As for the rest of the body, generally speaking, I guess like women traditionally seen as more feminine when they're hairless, except for their head. So men will shave everything from their arms to their fingers, like I do, to their armpits. And if you're like me, it's a lot of freaking shaving. But you also have to talk about like women's skin and how much softer than they are from a man. Like women's skin is usually much softer than a man's, but women use all sorts of softening lotions, creams, and oils to maintain that softness. I luckily have soft hands, which I have no idea why they're so soft. Everyone is so surprised to why my hands are so soft, but I really just tell them, I don't know. One guy who shook my hand once said, after he shook them, that I should stop using lotion to jerk off. Joke's on him. I don't use lotion. I use my own saliva. Getting, I don't use anything. Ha. Femininity means a lot to cross-dressers. It definitely means a lot to me. And when I talk to other cross-dressers, they just want to be as feminine as possible. 
So to exemplify femininity is my goal when I cross-dress, but I know it's almost impossible to achieve because, well, the idea of femininity is different for everyone. People will go to extreme measures to be feminine, like endure physical changes. Transgendered women, if you don't remember, are those that identify as women but were born biologically as a male. Well, some of them will remove every inch of masculinity in their body and replace them with more feminine characteristics to feel more female or feminine. Like for example, some transgendered women will take hormones to achieve secondary sexual characteristics, like breasts, or they'll have their Adam's apple removed, which, if you didn't know, is medically called chondrolaryngoplasty, also known as a tracheal shave. Some will even get implants or have sexual reassignment surgery, which, if your ultimate goal is to showcase yourself as a woman from a physical standpoint, well, if that's what you gotta do, then more power to you, sister. For those who identify solely as cross-dressers, you don't usually need to go to these extreme lengths to become feminine. And I recommend those who do feel like they need to do any kinds of these type of measures, perhaps seek psychological counsel first before undergoing any major body changes. Because these are permanent changes that will be done to your body that you can't just undo because you want to change your mind. Like once it's done, it's done. So if you're uncertain you want to go through this or have any doubts, seek psychological intervention first because they will help guide you to the path you wish to pursue and maybe prevent you from making a decision you may regret later. For me, I just rather not do anything that permanent to my body. I don't want to start hormones, I don't want breast implants, and I definitely don't want my Adam's apple shaved. But that's the decision I've made for myself. I like keeping the cross-dressing to just the surface level. All I need to do, or at least try to do, is dress up as feminine as possible and create the image that I'm female with minimal invasiveness to my body. This includes wearing dresses, having my eyebrows as clean as possible, maybe with some shape, wearing my makeup, shaving my legs, etc. I do recall thinking, like early when I was cross-dressing, that maybe I want breast implants or maybe a tracheal shave will help me out. Hell, maybe even sexual reassignment surgery will make me pass better. But that's the wrong way to think. I mean, you gotta think about the true cost of that, and it's not just limited to money, it's also time. For some people, that's worth it to them because it allows them to feel more feminine and they're okay with the risk that they're willing to take. But for me, I'm perfectly happy being a guy with all my guy parts, and I would rather not put my body through all those unnecessary changes just because Giselle wants to appear more feminine. But again, that's the decision I've made for my body. For other people, you have to decide what's right for you. But femininity isn't only limited to physical features. What else does it take to be feminine? Like, what does it mean to be a female as a cross-dresser? If you're doing a good job passing and no one notices you, are you actually cross-dressing? Well, that's the paradox of cross-dressing and passing. Because if you're looking to pass and you actually blend in, well, no one will say a thing. But if you want to be noticed, well, how far do you want to push it? So let's look at the other ways to be feminine. Normally, women are more elegant than men, like with their movement and the style and the grace they carry themselves with. So we have to discuss how women present themselves differently than a man, more than just a physical appearance. Let's start with voice. Cross-dressing males try to emulate the female voice, which is usually 
higher in pitch. Unless you're like the Scarlett Johansson type who is known to have a deeper voice. The goal is to strike for that higher octave because again, crossdressers who want to pass don't want to give themselves away. Anatomically speaking, a man has a larger vocal tract than a woman, which gives that lower sounding noise that you hear. So crossdressers looking to pass as more feminine will work on their voice by practicing speaking in a higher tone. Some will even take classes by working with a vocal coach, but that's not me. Again, lazy crossdresser here. I use my own voice, as you can tell. Sometimes I'll speak softer, which helps to mimic a female voice, but speaking in a higher pitched voice like this? Yeah, not for me. Men and women's posture tend to differ. A woman's posture is more space conservative, meaning women tend to keep themselves small in terms of space. It's also why women make themselves look thinner. They also tend to close themselves off and will make subtle position changes like crossing their legs. As a cross-dresser, I like to cross my legs when I dress as Giselle, but the problem is my penis and scrotum can get in the way. I haven't even mentioned tucking yet in this podcast, but I guess I'll do it now. What's tucking? Well, you probably guessed it. Yeah, it's just as it sounds. You tuck your junk in. Into what? Well, into itself, basically. Let's talk a little more about tucking. For men who want to cross-dress or anyone wanting to pass as a woman, you're going to want to hide your penis and balls if you literally have the balls to do it. Now, penises come in all sizes, so to properly tuck, you can go about it in many ways. Let's start from easiest to most painful. The easiest is by using tights, panties, or any underwear that will allow you to put your penis and balls down and inside. You can purchase this piece of underwear that's called a gaff, G-A-F-F, which is specifically designed to hold your penis and balls underneath your pubic bone. It's basically a really tight pair of panties that hides your junk and even has a smooth front piece. Another way to tuck is to tuck your penis into your balls and then somehow wrap it with medical tape. The most painful way, and I don't recommend doing this for long periods of time or at all if you can help it, is duct tape. Yeah, duct tape. Where people just do the same thing by duct taping your penis and balls to the area between your butthole and your penis. I think sometimes people call it the gooch. Look, I'm an Asian male and I'm not well endowed, so tucking is not that difficult for me. But I recommend to stick to gaffs or panties and try not to use duct tape if at all possible. Also, shout out to the crossdressers who are growers, not showers. We found some usefulness, guys. Go us. Woohoo! But tucking is a way to not get noticed. But what happens when you are noticed? What happens when you're clocked? Because getting clocked when a crossdresser is out in public is like the worst thing that can happen to a crossdresser. Let me tell you about an incident that I had. One of my earliest times of when I tried to pass was in Las Vegas. And if you guys are a fan of this podcast, you already know that I love the club. So, of course, I was trying to pass at the club in Las Vegas. I love the club, but I don't know if I love it anymore, guys. The clubbing experience back then was great, but now that I'm older, it's just, I don't know, it's different. The clubbing experience was way more fun back then, but now, like, the music people play is just terrible. Like, I'm older now, and I just rather spend my time at home. 
and in the comfort of my own, like talking to you guys on this podcast. But this particular time was probably the most exciting and dreadful experiences of my entire cross-dressing career. And it definitely was the most memorable. Look, I was out with one of my college friends who knew how my ex at the time, you guys remember her, Jennifer, and how she despised my cross-dressing. Well, this friend, her name is Christine. Shout out to Christine, guys. Hi, Christine and her boot, Erwin. I know she's listening because she loves me and supports me. Hey, we're still friends today, and she's always with Erwin, so what the hell's up with that? Just kidding. They're like newlyweds and happily in love, so let them be, guys. At the time, though, I just revealed to Christine that I was a crossdresser, and to my surprise, she was super ecstatic about it. She was like, cool, that's amazing. We should go to Vegas and party it up. So we did, and that's where the fun started. So I was still with Jennifer at the time, aka the girlfriend from hell, but Christine and I were just excited to go to the club. But Jennifer though, with her usual insecure self, continuously and persistently called me while I was with Christine in the hotel room and my lame, appeasing boyfriend asked, still kept talking to her on the phone. If you don't recall from previous episodes, Jennifer was the girlfriend from Mel who would call me persistently to talk to me and wanted to ruin my fun. But thank goodness for Christine because Christine helped save me. She and I both got all dolled up and headed to the club. We got to the club Excess, which at the time was the biggest name club you can get into in Las Vegas. We also got there early, like at 11 p.m., which is really early if you know anything about Las Vegas nightclubs. But we got tickets, and they were cheaper, but they required us to arrive early. I remember wearing my killer black outfit. God, that was killer. But I was also wearing my black heels, and I did my makeup to the best that I could at the time. And I wore this black wig that I had purchased from eBay like a couple weeks prior. Christine also wore a black dress and boots, but we looked pretty similar that Christine liked to call us like cousins the entire time. I was younger then, I think I was like maybe 22 or 23, so I liked to drink and dance a lot. Christine did her best to encourage that like party goer out of me, and I love that about her. Because whatever joy I used to have was being drained and slowly taken away by my relationship with Jennifer. Well, with all that drinking and dancing, well, you know, that's where the drama unfolds. Christine and I were standing by the bar just drinking, but after a couple of drinks, you get kind of dancey. So we decided to hit the dance floor together. As we were talking and walking towards the dance floor, two men approached us. They were in their 20s probably, about 5'7 or 5'8 and heavier set. Well, one guy approached us and more specifically approached Christine, while the other guy, who's probably this guy's friend, was shy, hid his face behind his drink, and stood behind the friend the entire time he was talking to Christine. This guy was a smooth talker, and he eventually whisked Christine away to the dance floor. And I'm left all alone. Like, seriously, the shy friend of the guy walked away somewhere. Cool, bro. So there I am near the dance floor, sipping on my drink all alone, while I watch Christine on the dance floor with some guy who, to be honest, wasn't that great looking. Neither was the friend who all of a sudden abandoned me. After a couple of minutes dancing with that ugly looking dude, Christine sees me all by my lonesome and so she decides to leave that guy and comfort me. She goes up to me and is like, where's your dude? I'm like, I don't know. So she's like, okay, well, I gotta go pee. And I'm like, well, I gotta go pee too. So 
we walk to the women's restroom together. We get to the women's restroom and it was an interesting experience to say the least. For those unfamiliar with women's restrooms, it's all stalls. Unlike the men's restrooms, which have both urinals and stalls. So Christine goes into one stall and I go to another. I find an empty stall and I want to maintain the feminine image, so I sit down on the toilet even though all I had to do was pee. While sitting, I noticed in the next stall, underneath the visible portion, the lower half of a woman as she appears to be resting on the floor next to the toilet, like she had just thrown up. I was going to help her, but something tells me this wasn't her first rodeo. Also because she kept throwing up, so I left her alone. I didn't want that girl's puke on me. I really didn't. So I finish wiping and exit the stall. I then find Christine at the sink, which, damn ladies, you guys have like the best selfie lights in the public setting I've ever seen. So Christine and I take pictures because, duh, when in Rome. After our own photo shoot above the women's restroom sink, we walk back to the dance floor, just me and Christine. Christine and I are dancing and one of those ladies carrying those shots for sale for like $10 because it's Vegas. Well, we bought and drank more of those, and as the night went on, we got more tipsy, and more people came onto the dance floor. About 20 minutes pass, and I notice Christine, who was dancing in front of me, looks at me all weird, and I'm like, what? Well, here comes the shy guy from before, out of nowhere, and he smells like he's drunk, but he wraps his arms around my waist and starts grinding on me, like full on his frontal to my backside. I look back, see his face, and I'm like, holy crap, it's the same guy who left me earlier. Christina's smiling and dancing, trying to hold back her laughter, because the dude isn't cute. Also, he's drunk, so that makes it worse. But he continued to grind on me with what seemed like forever, but really went on for 20 to 30 minutes. Christina's in front of me, holding my hand, kind of making sure I was okay. And I was. But it was an odd, unsettling feeling, mostly because I guess I did pass at that exact moment, but also because it was getting really hot. No, 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 not that kind of hot, but like temperature hot. I guess I forgot to mention that Christine and I both went to Vegas in the middle of July, and while we were there, well, temperatures at the time got to about like 85 to 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Plus, if you add the fact that this dude is all up on me, trying to take my Giselle virginity, well, I'm sweating up a whole entire storm all up on him. So, he continues to grind on me, but here comes the friend that was dancing with Christine earlier. I guess this guy sensed his friend was in trouble and saw on my face that my makeup was running, and I guess it got so hot under my wig that... All the sweat just drenched my face. You add on the fact that my poor makeup job was just getting more and more ruined, well, you got a lot more guy mode than Giselle. So the friend chaps me on the shoulder, pulls his drunk friend away, and makes the expression to me with his hand out to his neck in like a back and forth motion and said, nah bruh, we done. This caused a little commotion because since the dance floor was full of people, well, those people started noticing that I was a guy in a dress. They even started making comments like, nice look dude, and good going girl. 
I told Christine it was probably best that we left because I sensed a mob mentality happening at that moment. She agreed, so we left. We walked outside, grabbed a cab, and went back to the hotel room to reassess the situation. So I was clocked. Simple as that. By the guy, the guy's friend, and basically everyone at the club who made those stupid comments. But for that brief moment in time, I passed. And I was happy. Maybe not with the dude's boner all up on my booty, but I was happy because I was feminine. Feminine enough to have a boner all up on my booty. You see, for a cross-dresser to pass as a woman, it takes time and practice. Also, and I don't want to speak for all cross-dressers saying that everyone must pass, because for some people who cross-dress, again, they just like wearing clothes that are not socially acceptable for them to wear. And that's okay. If you're not harming anyone, why does it matter to you what everyone else thinks about you? You're just being yourself, and there's nothing wrong with that. If people say that your cross-dressing is destroying what it means to be a man or a woman, tell them to fuck off. Seriously. Clothes don't make a person a man or a woman. It's how you feel on the inside that makes you who you are. Clothes just help us express who we are. I mean, a person who is truly just themselves. People love that. Because you're you and no one else can be. Passing as a woman is the holy grail, if you will, of a cross-dresser. It's impossible for most cross-dressers, but many will try their best to get to that state of unattainable greatness. But you know what? A girl has to be confident, right? Like, girls who rock who they are usually go unnoticed because they know their hot stuff and could care less what anyone else thinks. Cross-dressers need to be more like that. Cross-dressers just need to be comfortable in their own skin. The best cross-dressers really don't care what anyone else thinks of them. They go around without a care in the world, and they're just themselves. And I think that's the way to do it. I mean, I can talk about what I think is the best way to be feminine or the best way to pass, but it honestly just all comes down to just being yourself. And that's it for this week, guys. I want to thank you all again for listening to the Cross Yas podcast. I hope you guys learned a little bit more about cross-dressing, about femininity, and about passing. Hope you guys tune into next week's episode where I will have my first ever guest on the podcast, my girlfriend Kirsten, as we talk cross-dressing and relationships for the Valentine's Day episode. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Remember to follow us on Twitter at CrossYas and on Instagram at Podcast. As always, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I am not here to diagnose or treat anything, but I'm here to offer my story. I hope that in turn you learn more about me, learn more about yourself, and about the world of cross-dressing.